Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, it was interesting. I was watching Seven News the other evening, and there was this replay of dash cam footage being played out. And there was a truck that this guy was driving behind. And there was all of a sudden this, this like tire smoke appearing from the front of the truck. And the car went to go around and was eventually on the dash cam. You were able to see that the reason this truck was slowing down and there was so much smoke coming from the front is because it was pushing a car that was essentially sideways being pushed along the road by that truck. Whether the driver could actually see that car or not was the, was the issue. But what it really brought to light for me was the viewing angle on dash cams and how much they can actually see further to the left or further to the right than the human eye can and more than you would actually be capturing than you can imagine. The, the Navman range of dash cams have 150 degrees viewing angle. It's, it's more than the average human eye. And what was interesting to me was that while I was watching the news then, I, what I love on all dash cam footage and what I always pay attention to is the brand and the make and the model that gets sort of watermarked on the dash cam footage. And what was it? It was a Navman. And you know what? It actually looked really good on the TV. The quality was very good, very clear. The colors were great. And I thought, isn't that awesome? I mean, it's always, whenever I see, you know, dash cams Australia on Facebook and others, you do pay attention to the dash cam that they're using. And it is a good way of judging the dash cams for yourself as well. And more often than not, I'm starting to see it. Navman's up there. There are some other brands that do get shown as well. But, you know, when you pay attention to the quality, you do start to really notice who the brand is and who's doing well in that space. So do check out the full range at Navman though, because they have got so many options, different sizes, some with screens, some without, um, some can be hardwired in, some are better off as portable units. Um, but if you're looking around the two, $300 mark, you're going to find some very good quality dash cams from Navman, which look amazing in the evening, actually still show a lot of content in the evenings, a lot of them don't, um, and can handle that harsh summer that we do get as well. So do check out the full range. Again, your footage could be on TV. Um, hopefully you're not the one with the issue or the one being stuck under the truck. That's terrible. But um, it's just amazing to see what we can now capture with these dash cams because we couldn't do it before. You couldn't have explained that situation before. And uh, it was just amazing to see that on 7 News. Now, let's get on with what I think is going to be a huge show. Right now, what I have in front of me in a lovely glass is a Cabernet Sauvignon. And some of you are probably thinking, oh yeah, another glass from the Coonawarra. That's all you seem to drink. This time, it's actually from the Margaret River. It's from a vineyard called Cape Mantel. And this is actually a really lovely glass of Cabernet. And, you know, it's got that, that dark sort of fruits. It's got this vanilla in it. Um, a really easy drink wine. It's actually raining today. And this glass of red could not be better. An interesting thing that I noticed from these guys as well is they're doing a collaboration with a, um, a photography firm called, called Aquabumps. Now, look them up on Instagram. You'll see the type of work that these guys do. Aquabumps is now doing a feature of Kate Mantel. So they're going to doing all this photography of their vineyard and things like that. And if you're into your photography, uh, Aquabumps just do an amazing, amazing job. I, I follow them on Instagram. I have a look at a lot of the work that they do. I can't wait for their ex this exhibition to come out. Um, if you're interested, I'm, I'm reading this at the moment, on the 28th, 29th of November, they're doing an exhibition in Bondi. Um, I may actually try and get down for that. So let me know if you guys are interested or if you're going to be get there to check it out as well. Um, you know, if you love your photography, man, Aquabumps, I actually should get them on the show and talk about how they, how they do it. 
I realized that their aerial photography, I always thought was a drone. Nah, these guys are getting up in helicopters still um, and taking their SLRs. So amazing. Anyway, this week, this week, this week, we've got so much to talk about. I'm going to talk about a smartwatch that can do an ECG in Australia. Okay, that's a big one. Uh, we're going to talk about how to monitor your sleep in a totally different way. We're going to talk about a new security doorbell. We're going to talk about another Apple event. We're going to talk about an ACCC scam, which I had a question about this week around Netflix. We're going to talk about the Bose frames. I had some questions on that as well. Uh, there is quite a bit to talk about. So I'm going to have another sippy sip of this Cabernet from Margaret River, and we are going to get straight into it. Now, this has been sitting under embargo for a little while, and it's something that as soon as you hear about it, you're just like, I just need to tell everyone. I need to tell the world about it. And it sucks that you can't because you agree to these embargoes before they tell you what it actually is. Withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S, is I'm going to call them a health company. And the reason I say that is because I've always known them to be playing in a health space, whether it's wearables, temperature, trackers that are connected via Bluetooth, weight scales that are connected to your Wi-Fi. A lot of their products focus around wellness. And they've had smartwatches for a long time. They were the company which really wanted to do elegant looking traditional watches, but also count your steps in the background or vibrate for notifications, but still look like a normal watch. As a result, what you tend to find is that their watches have long battery life because they don't have a huge screen. They have analog dials and a very small uh, smart you know, LCD display or screen. This week, they have officially announced their scan watch. Um, not a great name, but it's called the scan watch. I saw this when I was at CES in January. And I remember when I saw it, uh, they announced it had ECG. And back then it was, okay, another smartwatch with ECG. In Australia, we have had three generations of Apple Watch that could do an ECG, an, an electrocardiogram. We've had Samsung release smartwatches that are capable of an ECG and Fitbit who have a Sense, which is capable of an ECG as well. None of those have been made available in Australia because they have not received approval from the TGA, which is the Therapeutics Goods Association. And you might be wondering why on earth a smartwatch needs to go through the TGA, given that that really sounds like something more medical. Well, an ECG does really make the software a medical device. And when it is a medical device, it needs to go through some pretty stringent tests and application processes to be verified as a medical device. So what's interesting is we, I hear about this product at CES. I'm like, that's great. Can't wait for it to come to Australia. I wonder if ECG will work here. Come November, yeah, we're in November now. Come November, which is almost 11 months since CES, I received the invitation from Withings for an event. And the first thing, almost straight out of the gate, we're introducing a scan watch to Australia with ECG. You could imagine everybody on the call, the only thing that they're really interested in is, did you get TGA approval and how long did it take? Apple is not a small company. And for them to have had three generations of Apple Watch, none of which have been approved by the TGA uh, for use in Australia to do an ECG, you have to ask. So Withings told us this. They didn't want to introduce the ScanWatch to Australia until they had TGA approval. 
until they had TGA approval. They also mentioned that it took a number of months before approval was received. Let's think about what that means. The scan watch didn't exist until January, meaning Withings probably didn't put it into the TGA for approval until after the date. Okay, assuming they didn't. Maybe they would have done it before the product actually launched, but I don't think that would be the case. I think it would have been after they globally announced it. That would have been their first priority. Second would be introducing to market and going through the right processes. So here is a company that doesn't have the budget of Apple, doesn't have the branding of Apple, yet somehow has put their watch through the TGA in Australia, received approval, and launched the product with a full feature set, meaning that everything it says on the box, it can do. And to me, whether it's Samsung, Fitbit, or Apple, I know I'm saying Apple a lot, but if there's all three of them, they're all big companies, I am questioning whether any of them have bothered to actually put in an application with the TGA to approve the use of ECG in, this, in Australia. If you're Apple and you're working with the TGA for three generations of products, I'm pretty sure by now it should have been approved. It's just an ECG. It's a function. It's a function that works in other countries. Um, it's been demonstrated. It's been tested. If the health organizations, whatever you want to call them, and the TGA equivalents in the United States are approving it for use, I would, I would struggle to imagine that the TGA would be rejecting it. So I am genuinely, and, and the TGA won't talk about it, but I would love to, and neither will Apple, but I would love to know what on earth is happening in that big old glass building in George Street. Anyone there who wants to talk to the TGA? Have they got an approval in place? Are they working on it? Are they just ignoring it? Do they actually care about the Australian market? Or do they just know that people are going to buy the Apple Watch regardless? Now, I don't need an ECG function on my phone, a lot of on my watch. A lot of people don't. But the fact is that if you are developing a product that can do something, you should release the product with it being able to do that function. Now, again, it doesn't impact me. But there are a lot of people out there who it would be useful to have an ECG function on their watch because if you are an elderly person, You've got fall detection built into most smartwatches, which is amazing. If you could also do an ECG, that could also be life-saving in some ways as well. So um, I don't know. Now, to tell you a little bit about the scan watch um, beyond the ECG, uh, we're talking about 30 days of battery life because it doesn't have a large display. So charge it once a month. Um, it's going to pay attention to your heart rate 24-7. It's going to give you real sleep insights, not just when you went to sleep and when you woke up, actually going to measure your sleep properly, you get all your notifications still. It will do workout tracking. Um, there's less workout options in terms of what types of exercises you can track um, on the Withings. It does automatic workout detection as well, which I quite like. Um, I'm using the smart alarm on it to wake me up at the right time every morning as well. And that's working really, really well. The vibrate on this thing can get pretty vigorous when it wants to wake you up. It certainly can do that. Um, it does so much. It does absolutely so much. It's a typical smartwatch but it doesn't look like one. It, just in wearing it, I was at lunch the other day. Someone said to me, that's a nice watch. What is it? And I said, it's a smartwatch. And they couldn't believe it until I showed them that how, where the small screen is that lights up because it looks almost like a Timex, uh, a really nice watch, something I recommend people should be considering if they want to wear it to work, if they want to wear it to a wedding. Um, it looks elegant. The app itself is also really good. For a long time, I've had the scale 
um, the Withings scales. Back then it was a Nokia scale, but Withings is now the, um, the rightful owner of that company. And it, I love it. All that data is now blended in with my scan watch, uh, which is my weight, my BMI, all that type of stuff. Now I'm getting my oxygen saturation, my sleep, my ECG data. If there is any sign of atrial fibrillation, it's a really cool smartwatch. Now, pricing going to go from 379 up to 499. Uh, 499 is the 42 mil, the 38 mil is the 479. It's available from the 9th of November. And if you're interested in an ECG, it's the first one in Australia that can do it. It's crazy. Now, they also announced at the same time, they also announced a product called the Sleep Analyzer. No guessing what it does, uh, but it actually sits underneath your mattress and it pays attention 100% just to your sleep. But they're actually saying that with this product, they could detect sleep apnea um, in people. Now, anybody who has ever dealt with somebody who has sleep apnea or whatever, they actually usually have to spend a night in a hospital or in a lab kind of place, really plugged into a machine to detect and to measure this. Now, Withings is saying that their product can do it. It will also pay attention to your snoring and things like that. I haven't set mine up yet. I have got one. I need to actually um, set mine up, you know, plug it in near the bed, underneath the mattress and all that sort of jazz. And it doesn't just pay attention to your sleep. It listens to your sleeping as well. It actually has little microphones built in that will hear um, the different noises in during your sleep. And snoring is obviously the main one there. But in conjunction with the watch, you're now going to have your heart rate. And as you can imagine, all this data of, of your sleep, that with the continuous heart rate monitoring on your watch, the listening, the, the feel of motion underneath the mattress as well, there's a lot that this, these two products can work together to decipher. So uh, Wheelings is doing some really cool stuff in this space. The sleep analyzer, I'll talk about more once I've tested it, but if you're keen to jump straight in, it's 200 bucks um, available on November 9th as well. Um, really cool stuff, really cool stuff. Well, their, their thermometer, just as a side note, their thermometer is an infrared thermometer that I've used multiple times. Um, it connects by Wi-Fi to an app on your phone as well. So you can take a continuous measurement and compare it throughout the day or throughout the week, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't actually go under the skin or under the tongue or anything like that. You just point it to your forehead and it reads. Uh, that's an also a really cool product. I think it's called the Thermo. Uh, do check that one out as well. But if you, if you need this, uh, this kind of things, they definitely exist. I just have to question Apple and what the hell they are doing in Australia because if 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 they don't care, say you don't care, say it's never coming. But when people continue to say we're working with we're working with governing bodies to do whatever the heck it is, lies. I call lies. That's the Withings scan watch. Ding dong, ding dong. There is a new Arlo doorbell. And it's a it's a video doorbell. Uh, we've heard of a video doorbell from Arlo before. Obviously, Ring is famous for their video doorbells. We're essentially talking about a small camera that looks like a pretty, pretty simple and slim unit that goes near your front door. When somebody presses that button, opens up a video call with you on your phone. And you can also actually get alerts as people are being uh, moving towards your door. So you get that motion alert as well. Now, the new one from Arlo. Um, the biggest thing that they're adding or removing here is it's now completely wireless, and it doesn't need those little two wires that to replace an existing doorbell. This is battery powered, and just like the Ring being battery powered, we now have an Arlo version for this as well. It is part of their essential range, which means that you again don't need to have a base station or hub for this. You could just go and buy the video doorbell on its own, given that it is completely 
wireless, you can literally just stick it to the wall, connect it to your Wi-Fi, sync it with your phone, and that's it. More and more, I'm starting to need this. And for a long time, I've just been happy with having a surveillance camera uh, above the door where I can see when a courier comes, I can talk to them. I can also tell them, hey, can you just leave the package at the door? Whatever the case is. But what I'm noticing is that sometimes I'm just not getting them quick enough. And I feel like this doorbell will see them quicker. It will respond to me better, especially if they ring the doorbell. Then I get that, they get that call. I get that notification straight to my phone to open up that conversation with them. I think that I'm literally on the path to getting the actual doorbell as well. Now, it's funny, it's about 199 for the wired version. So that if you've got an existing doorbell, you can literally rip it off. Those two little wires will power um, the, the, I guess, the current model. The wireless one, the wire free, uh, you're looking at 329. So it adds a bit of premium. Obviously, the, the battery that's built into it, I'm sure there's some extra engineering inside to make it all work and things like that. But you know, it is a bit of a price increase. I don't think you're going to weigh up the cost of getting an electrician for the the old one and making it work. But, you know, 329 available in December. I'm going to have to give this one a try. I wouldn't mind having a video doorbell because I'm seriously getting flooded with couriers. And as you're getting into into the Christmas shopping season, maybe you will be as well as we all start to you know shop online. So do check that one out. It's the uh, wire free video doorbell from Arlo and it looks good. I don't think it's going to be a problem for most households having that near their front door. Now, Speaking of Apple, maybe I wasn't speaking of Apple. In fact, I probably did uh, in the earlier part of the show. There was an invitation that was sent to some media. Some media received an invitation in their inboxes that said, hey, we've got one more thing in 2020 to talk about. One more thing. I feel like we've had a lot of things. Uh, we've had three months of Apple events or two months of Apple events, September and October. We're now going to have one in November. Uh, for Australians, it'll be the 11th of November. For those in the US, it'll be the 10th. One more event. We've already had the iPads. We've had the iPhones. The real thing that could be left is Mac. So there's a pretty good chance we're going to see an update to the MacBook, the iMac. Um, mostly, I believe it'll be coming down to the processes that they use. They talked about going to a thing called Apple Silicon earlier in the year, and we think that that's what we'll start to see in the new range of Macs. Um, but what else will they do with the Macs? Could you imagine one that has 5G built in? Imagine a new MacBook Air with 5G. I mean, that's not out of the realm of crazy, is it? Um, the MacBook Air looks dated, does need a big refresh, make it a, a true mobile device with a 5G SIM. Ooh, that could be a tasty proposition. Now, obviously, we're going to continue down that path of products that we predicted and rumored all year. Headphones. It's been rumored for a long time that they would be releasing a pair of over-ear headphones. Um, obviously, with their relationship with Beats, could they just slap an Apple logo on there to put the AirPods-type chip inside it? I think it's the W1 chip inside it, so it works perfectly with your iPhone. And suddenly, anyone who wants to move away from AirPods into what are they going to call them? I don't know. Bigger headphones. I'm sure they're going to have a really cool name for them, um, which go over ear. I think that's still to come. Will they do the tile replacement? Whatever they're going to call that. You know, we've been talking about these things for a long time, all year. Whether we'll see it or not, who knows? There's also rumor that they'll replace the AirPods Pro 
Now, just on that, actually, while I've got you, if you do own a pair of AirPods Pro and they crackle or they hiss or sometimes the noise cancelling cuts out, uh, Apple released a statement over the weekend that said they're running a replacement program for anybody who is experiencing issues like that. In the past, I don't know if they have just been saying to people, nah, it's just you, um, but they're now acknowledging that there is actually a problem in all AirPods Pro um, that have been manufactured up until October this year. There was actually a problem in some models. Um, I have AirPods Pro. I love them, actually. I think they sound really good. I don't have problems with mine, but if you have any issues, they are about 350 bucks in Australia. So if you do have any issues, take them back to an Apple store. They've acknowledged there's a, there's a problem, which means they will replace them most likely for free if they actually can um, identify the issue. And it was interesting. I talked about that on, on air a couple of days ago and someone said, well, how do they test that? How do they confirm and agree with you that it's not working? And it sounds gross, but if I'm telling you, if those poor poor kids at the Apple store have to try on other, other people's AirPods to uh, verify that they're not working properly. That's gross. And I'm pretty sure they're not being paid well enough to do that. But anyway, just a word of warning uh, for everybody else. November 11th, I will be up at the crack of dawn to cover that event. Uh, Apple's still not going to talk to me about it, but it's a publicly streamed event. So I plan on attending. Uh, feel free to get up and tweet along with me if you're awake, if, you're, if you've got nothing to do that evening jump online, hit me up on Twitter. Let's have a conversation. I will remind you because it's something I will remind you of every episode up until the end of, I don't know, my life, the podcast. Um, you can text me. You can text me on 0467-439-078. Uh, Boost has provided me with this phone number. We are doing some help desks to so send through your questions. Uh, but honestly, if you just want to send through any type of comment, throughout the week at any time while you're listening to this show, 0467-439-078. What do you think will happen with this one more thing event? Will it actually be one more thing? I mean, I would be pretty disappointed if they make us all get out of bed super early just to talk about one thing. I would hope that it's just going to be like four more things, five more things, but that just doesn't sound as cool as when Steve Jobs used to say one more thing. Now, we're going to get into a question on that text line right now. All right, we had a question from Colin on the, uh, on the Boost text line, and he said that he heard me talking about the Bose frames. And didn't obviously, when I'm on radio, I usually get like 30 seconds to talk about something. He says, I came in at the end of the conversation. Can you elaborate a bit more on the podcast? So, so Colin, uh, everyone else, just step back for a minute. Colin and I have to chat. Um, Colin. Sounds like, I feel like I just said Colin. Um, Colin, the Bose frames, they're basically a pair of sunglasses. They look like a typical pair of sunglasses, mostly. They come in three different styles. They're called the Tenor, the Soprano, and the Sport ones. Do the Sport ones have a fancy name? Yes, they do. The Tempo. I, I think for guys, Colin, Tenor. Tenor is the one that you probably want. For the ladies, the Soprano, it's got more of a cat's eye shape to it. The, the, the Tenor looks more like a pair of Ray-Bans, you know, a pretty typical pair of Ray-Bans, all black sunglasses. I'll say straight away, this is the second generation of sunglasses that Bose has made. The first generation were fine. They sounded pretty good, um, but the sunglasses themselves weren't great. This time, the sunglasses are actually fantastic, and I'm surprised they haven't made mention of who they're working with on their lenses because they're very, very good. The polarization is fantastic. Um, if you're wearing them out in the sun, it's, it's awesome. But what is so good about the Bose frames? Well, it's not just the fact that they're sunglasses. Um, they are $400. So yes, you can pay $400 for a pair of sunglasses, 
but that's not all that these things do. Built into the arms of the sunglasses, and it's funny, if you could see me, I've literally got my, my hands held up to my head um, as I'm trying to explain this, but inside the arms of the actual sunglasses, you've got two microphones and speakers. Obviously, and there's a battery and there's a Bluetooth chip and things like that. And it connects to your phone. And essentially, you can listen to music. You can make and receive phone calls on a pair of sunglasses. They don't have little buds that go into your ears. I think years ago, Oakley made a pair of glasses like this. And they actually had like these little dangling buds that you would stick into your ears while you're wearing the sunglasses. That's not the case. The speakers are small, yet they fire down into the ear canal um, or into your ear to help you listen. And what I love about that is that I could be going for a walk, a bike ride, whatever it is, but I can still hear everything that's going on around me, whether it's a fire truck with the sirens blaring, or even if it's just somebody calling out your name, you'll hear it because your ears are still open. They're not blocked. There's no, um, there's no, there's no obstruction inside the ears. So I do love them for that reason. Um, they make, they sound great on phone calls. I did a spot on 2NM um, in Newcastle or Hunter Valley. Um, I did a spot with them and talked about them. And I said to him at the end of the interview, I said, and by the way, I've been talking to you through the Bose frames this whole time. And he had no idea. He had no idea. He sounded, it said it sounded just like I was talking into my phone as normal. So they do sound good. They do hear you very good as well. So you can take a phone call on a pair of sunglasses. The one thing that I will complain about, and obviously you can complain about the price. Anybody can say, oh, they're too expensive. And maybe they are. If you combine the fact that they're a pair of headphones and they're a pair of sunglasses in one, it's actually probably pretty good value. But the problem with them is that they're sunglasses. And guess where I'm wearing them? When I'm outside. Guess where I'm not wearing them? As soon as I walk inside. So what's weird is that you'll be listening to music, enjoying it. You maybe get to the office or you get home and you can't keep your sunglasses on. And literally, as soon as you take them off or you raise them and put them on your forehead, on your head, sorry, whatever it is, um, you can't hear it properly and they turn off. So what's interesting actually is as soon as you take your glasses off and put them on the table, uh, they turn off automatically, which is very cool and convenient, but your listening experience finishes. If you're on the phone, you can't take that, continue taking that call as you walk inside because you'll look like an idiot. So I think it's interesting, but I think they serve a very singular purpose and you may actually want to buy these plus a pair of headphones that you can wear when you're indoors and that would be a bit of a waste of money. So if you are somebody who goes for a lot of walks, maybe you do a lot of riding, uh, this could actually be a very smart purchase. But just remember that piece that um, you can't keep them on when you're inside or when you're working on your computer because you'll look like an idiot. But that's the Bose Frames. Uh, Colin, I hope that helps you. Uh, it could be a great Christmas gift. Just remember that thing that um, please don't wear them at Christmas lunch. That would be a, uh, a silly mistake. Another piece of tech news this week, and it literally came out this morning before we were recording the, uh, the podcast, a new phone from Nokia. Now, Nokia has been releasing a stack of phones. We had them on the show for an interview, um, and I thought that was awesome. Actually, quick reminder, guys, did you hear the interviews that I did this week for Australian companies uh, talking about everything that they do? I thought that was awesome. I've received some amazing feedback from it. But if you haven't heard that episode, go back and have a listen to that from Tuesday. Uh, I think it was just a really interesting thing to do and hear about Australian tech companies. Anyway, Nokia. Nokia. Um, the new phone is called the 225 4G. Now, some of you will know what the 225 is because it came out a decade ago. Uh, the 225 was a very simple, dumb phone. 
Um, now it's got 4G built in. Now it's got an updated operating system. The screen looks good. It's got dual SIM. It, it's funny. It comes with an eight, a 16 gig micro SD card, so you can store all of your, I don't know, contacts on there. Um, but it looks good. It looks like a typical simple phone. The fact it's got 4G is fantastic. It actually still does have a type of web browser on there. It has got a version of Facebook on there as well. It is a very small screen. We're talking, does it have the screen? Yeah, it's 2.4 inch screen. It's got a rear camera. It's got a VGA camera, uh, like 0.3 megapixels. No one's buying this for photography. Aquabumps would not be using this in their work. Uh, but it's got Bluetooth. It charges via micro USB, three and a half mil headphone jack, um, all this kind of stuff. Now, let's talk about um, standby time. On if you're using if you're connected to the 4G network, 16 days of battery. I love that. Um, let me see about talk time. Talk time six hours over a 4G connection. Music playback time 46 hours. I love reading that sort of stuff. It just means that this thing is so simple it'll just run forever. Um, the dual SIM thing is really cool, especially if you've got um, if you've got you know a mother or something like that who has a local SIM and an overseas SIM, or they use a SIM card for international calls and a SIM card. For local, I know a lot of people like that. Uh, a dual SIM can be really handy in that way. Now, it does still have Snake. It has Crossy Road. Um, it's got some. It's got a wireless FM radio. So if you have, if you're buying this for somebody who likes listening to the radio, they'll be able to do that. You don't get charged. Um, there's no co- you know costs to use the FM feature on these phones. It actually is like an FM radio. Um, but it's very cool. It's a very simple phone. They're at seventy nine dollars. It's coming out, when is it coming out? Next week or something? It'll be out well before Christmas. If somebody needs a basic phone just to make and receive phone calls, it could be your young son or daughter. They just need a phone. This is it. This is dead set it. It's a Nokia. The thing, the battery's going to last. You're not going to have any weird problems with it. For 80 bucks, you'll be super happy. No, they're not taking great photos, but um, that's what it's for. It's a simple Nokia device, 79 bucks. I get excited about their dumb phones. I think, I, I, and they hate calling it. I hate it when I say dumb phones, but it is. But it's just, I love simple. I love simple. To me, in some ways, this is a weekend phone for me, where I could say, you know what, I'm dumping my iPhone, I'm dumping my Pixel for a, for the weekend, and I'm just going to take a Nokia two two five, where I can still get my texts and calls, and just switch off from the rest of the world. As much as I love tech, gotta get away from it every now and then. You've just gotta get away. From it. All right, we had a text this week from Brenda, Brenda, B-R-E-N-D-A. Thank you for your message. It was a great question, and I think more people should be questioning these types of things, and you've done the right thing by asking it in the first place. Uh, The first thing that Brenda did was text me on 0467-439-078, thanks to Boost Mobile, and her question was around a Netflix email that she received, and it's it's quite interesting because I'm starting to see this this email that you're talking about uh, appearing on other websites and they're talking about this more. Scamwatch has also recognized this as well, Brenda. So you've certainly caught a scam here. Uh, It's an email that a lot of people are receiving from what they say is Netflix, asking you to update your payment details. And it looks pretty good. Uh, The email itself, I'm looking at a copy of it here. It looks nice. It's got the same color themes. It's got the right logo. um, And it just has a has a link asking you to update your account. You know, it says, you know, we're having some trouble with your current billing information. We'll try again. But in the meantime, you may want to update your payment details and you can hit update account. Obviously, when you do that, 
you start giving away your credentials, trust me, it's a scam. You will be charged money from some overseas bank or whatever. How you can pick a scam. And I'll be very quick on this one. Some interesting things that I noticed from this one. First and foremost, who the email is from. Very clearly, it's not from a typical Netflix.com email address. The other thing that I noticed straight away by just looking at the text, looking at the text of the email. Hi, dear. Hi, dear. Trust me, an American company, they don't refer to their customers as dear. Even if they don't know your name, they're not going to call you dear. Um, Hi, dear. We're having some trouble with your current billing informations. First and foremost, there's a problem with the English here. The word information shouldn't have an S on it. And I know, I know immediately that this is probably coming from an Asian country. And I know that because of a lot of the emails that I receive from colleagues, they tend to throw an S on the back of things for, for no reason. So informations is a good call out. Uh, we'll try again, but in the meantime, you may want to update your payment details. And there's a link to go and update your account. No problem there. Underneath it, we're here to help if you need it. Visit the Help Center for more info or contact us. First and foremost, you can't contact Netflix. There is no contact us. That's, that's, that's the other things. And then at the bottom, from your friends at Nex. I mean, they literally spelt their own company name wrong. Nex, N-E-X. Um, dudes, it's Netflix. You're the one imitating them. Spell it correctly. So some good call outs there. But you know what? The reason that these scams continue to pop up is because they work. And that's the sad reality of it is that these guys would be out of business. They would have stopped scamming people had nobody been clicking on these links in the first place. Brenda, you're smarter than a good portion of the population. You've at least called it out. I've, I actually replied back and said, just don't do it. I'll talk about it in the podcast. Um, so thank you for that. I hope we have saved maybe one other person from potentially doing this. If you receive emails from Netflix, from your bank, from any company, uh, don't ever click on the links of the email. What you will find is if you go directly to the website, so go to netflix.com, log into your account. If there is an issue, you'll see it there. You can always see usually the messages that they're trying to reach you on will be right there as well. I notice that with my bank, I can log in. And as soon as I log in, it shows the messages that they've actually sent me. If there is an issue, it'll be there. So log into the account if you do need to do that. But um, good call out, Brenda. Thank you for reaching us. For everybody else, I'll repeat the number again. 0467-439-078. I am here to help and educate. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. Now, do me one favor, share this podcast, tell somebody about it, recommend it to somebody, or if you have no one that you could recommend it to, leave a review on the iTunes podcast thing. Uh, give me a star rating, put a comment in there, say good day. Feel free to just message me, send me a text on 0467-439-078. I'd love to hear from you. And it's awesome to hear from people who find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram and say, hey, they ask me a question there, or they just want to keep in touch with what I'm sharing online as well. What you will find outside of the podcast, I usually tweet and Instagram about articles that I write or TV appearances that I do. So you can find out about that kind of thing. I usually will talk about it here anyway, stuff that I review in written form. You usually see it in my podcast anyway. Same goes with the radio spots. Now, next week's interview, I'm pretty excited. It's with a company called Sonos. Um, I'm a big user of their products, and maybe they just owed it to me to, uh, to speak to us on the podcast. 
but um, we have a really, really good chat with their global lead for new products. Pretty big interview to have because this is the guy that essentially says, yeah, it's time to make that product or it's time to replace that product. And I really wanted to get into his head on how they figure that part out because just quickly a bit of context for the interview, the play bar, which was their sound bar, had been around for about a decade before they replaced it with the Arc. So one of my biggest questions was, okay, so you've got this product in market, it's doing very well, continues to sell at the same price from day one to day 3000. Um, how do you just, at what point do you decide to replace it? And it's a really interesting thing because after 10 years, what was the deciding factor that they went, yeah, okay, it's time to replace it. You have other companies who will replace their products every single year or refresh them every single year. And here is a company like Sonos who doesn't do that. They are a company which you invest in and they support and continue to improve that product over its life. So anyway, interesting chat with Sonos. That'll be out on Monday, very late at night or for you, Tuesday morning. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and your support. Thank you for your text messages. Uh, I'm going to pour myself another glass of this Kate Mentel Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm actually really liking it. I should have said the price earlier. It's 30 bucks. So it's not a you know hundred plus dollar bottle of wine that I've had on the show before. This is reasonable. This is reasonable for 750 mils of goodness at thirty dollars. It's a pretty good price per milliliter. Um, thank you for thank you for everything. I'll speak to you all soon. Um, I feel like I'm looser at the end of the show than I'm at the start of the show, but uh, that's what this wine does. It just makes you happy, and people can have better conversations. I think. Have a good week. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye.